Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed, which, in my records, means I am Kenneth. And I have double-checked and verified that I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And I have triple-checked and verified that I am Jennifer Landa. <laughs> this is true. All true. All of it. And we are here to discuss breaking news from a long time ago or breaking news from this morning, which we always love. Uh, before recording days to get to talk about cool bits of news and information that drop before we record. It's always a lot of fun. And we got some stuff about new books and, uh, of course, it's Andor season, so we get some Andor stuff as well. Before we get to all that, uh, I want to let you know today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I still kind of giggle when I read that last one, but I'm sure they exist. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing. Uh, we are also going to be uh, catching up with each other, talking about Star Wars and life adventures. We love uh, talking, sharing our life adventures, but and finding, uh, but more importantly, finding when when Star Wars works its way into life. Jen, how you doing? Are you recording in a closet again? Which is clearly the best sound in the world. I know I'm halfway in the closet. I <laughs> last time I got a little uncomfortable sitting on the floor amidst the toys, so I'm, <laughs> I'm halfway there. Um, what are you, but yeah, dirty. What? Your E.T. and Gertie? The, oh, my gosh. <sighs> favorite, favorite, favorite movie of all time. Mm. Um, yes, yes. No, this week was interesting. I did not have too many life Star Wars adventures. No, I really didn't have that many life adventures as well. I just watched my children. Um, but you know what else I watched was I, I stumbled upon this Joe Johnston. He has a YouTube channel, apparently. What? Yes, he has a YouTube. He's not been active on it in like eight years. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was drawing Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett from scratch on paper. Mm. I just was like, I was, it's like a 12 minute video. And I just sat there, I think it was like at 11 o'clock at night. And I was just mesmerized by how he works. Seeing this man who is so talented at so many things, just sketching away salacious be crumb just highly recommended um i wish that he would post more because he did have like q a where he was sharing some like storyboard things and i don't i just i love i love hearing about their stories from that time period and their experience mm. oh that is amazing joe johnson is just one of my my favorites because i so love obviously all of his star wars work but i really love that first captain america movie i, I know i'm mm. uh, alone <laughs> On a little island of MCU fans, right? I love that first one, but he just, he brings such a heart to it. So that's so great. I want to watch yeah. him sketch. Yeah. And I do kind of remember seeing a YouTube channel. Yeah, that that's uh, ringing a bell. That's great. Really? Dig that up. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Indeed. Uh, Joseph, uh, no travels this week, some cocktail photos. So there's some good things that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I had some had some good life adventures. It, it was my uh, birthday this week. Uh, thank you, Ken, very much uh, for putting out the nice tweet on the Force Center feed and in mm-hmm. particular asking for a uh, Tara Sanube gift because a lot of them came in. <laughs> I- I was also hoping I'll say two things about that real quick and I'll, I'll let you, you, you continue there. Uh, first of all, I got to give credit to your wife, Sarah. I, I knew it was your birthday, but I kind of, all of a sudden I saw a tweet from her and I was like, oh God, I got to get I, uh, Joseph. I got to do something for Joseph. Uh, so thank you, Sarah. But uh, also I was like, I know there's not, probably not a ton of Terrace Nube uh, material out there, gifts and uh, memes. So I was like, maybe people can create some too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is exactly what happened. I got a lot of the one gift that does exist. And then uh, Jennifer, for example, made a fun happy yes. birthday uh, fireworks explosion, Terrace Anube <laughs> image. Uh, I should have put a, I should have put a martini glass in his hand in retrospect. But yeah, I wanted to make him festive with his little party hat. 
Uh, it was great. It was absolutely great. And uh, lots of people sent me just utterly beautiful things. Uh, you know, great Brian Ward uh, sent me a yeah. great, uh, my, my face based on Obi-Wan Kenobi and Tika trying to sell me a balloon. That was great. <laughs> For my birthday. Lots of great stuff. Thank you all the Force Center listeners who who uh, sent in nice things. And Ken, I'm with you. I always know when your birthday is is mm. approaching, right? Um and then it's always the day of that I see something I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> 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 got to got to post about this on the Force Center. Yeah, uh, at least at least we talk about it. Mark Ellis uh, does not celebrate his birthday. So a week will pass and you'll be like, was your birthday last week? You'll be like, uh huh. Yeah. Oh no! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> well, that man kind of lives every day of his life like it's his birthday. He's he's yes. celebratory, right? The uh, uh, Coors and a hike with a dog, and he's yeah. he's set. He's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Living the life. That's great. Yeah. Glad you had a good birthday, Dad. Yeah, it's very. It was a very nice birthday. Uh, we, my wife and I, went on a book crawl. We picked out uh, four bookstores in Los Angeles, Ooh. and uh, my goal was that we would, uh, as a ho- household, Sarah and I would buy one book. Uh, and we failed at that goal. We bought <laughs> many books. Uh, and that was kind of the way that Star Wars came into uh, my life of like, obviously, there's a ton of Star Wars books out there that I, I don't have yet, but a lot, especially from recently that I have. So I wasn't expecting to find Star Wars books. But Star Wars is just so everywhere. Some of the books I found were Star Wars adjacent. I uh, mm-hmm. picked up this Christopher Lee autobiography, uh, which I don't think is, I think he last updated it in the late 90s. So I don't think it gets up to star wars uh but it's like yeah that's part of my love of christopher lee is star wars uh and then i found this uh young indiana jones uh Ooh. tv show novel tie-in hmm. about indiana jones <laughs> interacting with the matahari and it's written by james lacino who is of course oh, wow. a, a beloved star wars author and just to see all those connections everywhere you know uh once you get deep enough into star wars the tendrils are everywhere I love that. that. Lucino goes deep back to the Robotech days, too. So he's touched a lot of properties I love. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely great stuff. Final Star Wars Adventures. My wife very kindly uh, got me this great... uh, I I don't think she was trying to curate this, but her birthday gifts were this great uh, middle-aged grump collection. (laughs) Uh, She got me a CD of the music from the television show Bosch, which we very much enjoy, but features just grumpy Titus Willever kind of on the cover, like looking at you like, why did you buy this CD? Uh, (laughs) And then she got me a Smokey the Bear t-shirt because I love grumpy Smokey the Bear and a a great Obi-Wan television show poster. So all Mm. three together. Oh, wow. Two grumpy men and a bear. It was great. That's awesome. That's a sitcom that we needed in the 90s. (laughs) Exactly. 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 So those are my adventures, Star Wars and not. Mine were pretty simple and direct, and I want to be careful to, to phrase this uh, story the right way. A quick little story. It's one of those things where Star Wars definitely finds you. I was uh, at a at a gathering Saturday night uh, with Grace and uh, like a, a director of a horror film that she uh, shot that's, uh, I think, finally getting on out. It's called Pretty Boy. It's part of like a larger horror franchise. Um, great group of people were out there, and and um, one of the, the, the performer who plays like the lead murderer in the the uh, pretty boy is his name. Uh, he was there. We were chatting and, and we realized had one of those things that were like, we're all kind of the same age. We've kind of been around the same stuff in LA and probably have been in the same room. Just didn't know it 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, you know, this and that. Anyways, the conversation course, uh, what do you do? You know, some stuff related to star Wars. So the, um, the moment came, you know, I was like, yeah, Oh yeah. Star Wars <laughs> podcast or a star Wars book. And it, you go, you know what? Uh, I didn't like, and you're like, Oh no. Uh, oh boy. And he said, you know, the, the last one or the last Jedi one. I didn't know. What do you mean? Rise of Skywalker, last Jedi. He said, well, I don't know. I don't know. The last one. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> and, I, you know, and, I, and especially if he happens to be listening because he was, he, I gave him the name of the podcast. It was a, it was a great, such a great conversation in my head. I was like, okay, I can't, I don't want to have to get any kind of debate with someone that I just met and really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to keep it. So I pushed past it. And then I mentioned, I kind of like all of them. You know, you want to stay stay true to yourself. You don't want you don't want to you know, sell out your opinion there in a bar at a bar or a party. Uh, but then I said something about Solo, and he goes, "Oh man, you know." But I will tell you what, I love Solo. And I was like, "There we go, common ground. Oof. We're going to dig on that." And we we talked about Solo. We we talked about what we loved, not what we didn't love, or or any of those kind of conversations. And it was a great night, and the and the conversation continued, and have a new friend. So uh, it was really uh, just yeah, a good way h- how we can all kind of navigate the. The uh, choppy waters of Star Wars fandom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sounds very well navigated, right? That you yes. kind of got your, uh, by not going in hard on, here's why you should like Rise of Skywalker, you got the yeah. reward of, uh, we both like Solo. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Love when Star Wars pops on up. And I love when news pops on up. Oh, let's transition to a breaking news from a long time ago. And uh, this was announced uh, earlier on our recording day, a documentary. And I'm putting that in quotation marks because that's a pin we're going to come back to. <laughs> documentary chronicling the making of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I just had a, a great typo in my notes I just saw. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from Lucasfilm. Oh, oh, boy. Uh, definitely something uh, that somebody would say when they don't like uh, the yeah. show. Actually, yeah. that's a Hondo quote right here. I have oh, yes, I know him. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll share that, that in uh, Force Center Extras on uh, Patreon, uh, which it does not exist. The show does not exist. I, if I had Ron Burgundy myself, we'd have a different episode right now. Oh a documentary God. chronicling the making of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the series. Uh, this is coming from Lucasfilm and Supper Club. It will have never-before-seen footage and interviews, and will swing through the creature shop and props department. It's going to be great. This drops on Disney Plus September 8th. So I want to get our overall reaction this, to this. And then um want to drill into this, this is being positioned as full documentary, which is a little mm. bit different than like the Disney gallery stuff, which I would call BTS docs, but this has a different feel to it. So, uh, mm-hmm. Justin, we absolutely want to start with you, our Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. Uh, we love him, too, but he has a special place in your heart. What do you think about all this? Oh, I think this is great. I am. Uh, I've got tears in my eyes from uh, enjoying uh, the the typo. It's uh, very entertaining. Uh, but no, I, I was really I was pleasantly surprised by this uh, by the reveal mm-hmm. of this uh, this documentary. I guy that you you know put it put it in quotes there, uh, Ken. Uh, I was expecting the Disney Gallery, uh, yeah. but mm-hmm. since those have become expected, I think that there's kind of an air to them of like. We, we don't have, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays as much packed with extras as we used to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost more like, you know, you know in, in the sweet spot of DVDs in particular, when you'd buy a DVD and you just expect a making of, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Disney Gallery, I absolutely love it. We've done long episodes celebrating it, but I think it's, it, it's getting to be a little bit of like, well, that's expected. Where is it? When's it going to drop? Yeah. Uh, so by positioning this in, in a different way and the trailer having a different energy and, yeah. and making me even think about like, is this going to be Disney gallery covers a lot of stuff, but a lot of it is, is ends up being technically, how did they do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes me feel like, is this going to be a little bit more, you know, the trailer is a little bit more, what does star Wars mean to people into mm-hmm. generations and why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely glad we went to you first there because that is a big well said and why I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I, I I think you're very right. I had this like, hey, they, they'll they'll do a Disney gallery. It'll come out on, you know, some special day soon. You know, I, I just kind of expected it. And this was a, a a nice, pleasant curveball that had a lot more depth than I expected. And the other ones have depth. I mean, that the, the Mando mm-hmm. stuff, especially that season one of, of the gallery, wonderful stuff that we still reference in conversations and conversations and, and stuff when we're analyzing Mandalorian and Star Wars overall. But I, yeah, I think you're right. Just that trailer had had a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, almost like I was waiting for them to be like, and now this is why you should join the metaverse. Just like everyone <laughs> looking at the, the screen. Uh, but uh, no, it, it, it's going to, I'm just, I'm more excited, way more excited than if it was just a, yeah, Disney gallery, which again has been a great series, including the stuff with Marvel stuff, uh, Marvel shows. But yeah, no, I, I think um, to go into, you have to with this character. Boba Fett has a long history and they did a, a lot of stuff. They did a great gallery. They did that the, behind the helmet. But this mm-hmm. is Obi-Wan and also Anakin and a time mm-hmm. period that's so important and, and multiple areas that are important to people. So I'm excited. Uh, Jen, uh, imagine you have a somewhat similar reaction. Absolutely. And Joseph, great point about really getting to the heart of Star Wars, the emotion behind this. Obviously, we're, we were all very eagerly awaiting these two characters and these two actors to reunite, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that that's kind of what it seems to be centered around this documentary, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um, obviously, I live for any behind the scenes footage. There was a little moment of Hayden on set kind of laughing at those candid moments are what I, I live for. It felt very cinematic, very yeah. well produced, right? Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about in the next in the next portion. Um, and I too was expecting the Disney gallery on this show, so I was a little surprised. But then I I, I liked it because it it kind of does need its own its own template because mm-hmm. because we do know these characters and because there is there is a legacy of these characters and these actors. Um, and so yeah, I thought it, it's the right vehicle for it. 
man, yeah. it's really it's really slick looking. <laughs> it really know? is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. that that image of different actors just standing alone in front of this huge screen of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I think that's powerful on multiple levels. I think it takes you back to being. You know, whatever age you were the first time you saw it when the screen or even the television screen was that much bigger than you. Right. So it kind mm. of but it also yeah. positions like that. It's just a great visual way to say, like, uh, Star Wars is this huge legacy. So it's this it's this huge image in front of then this single human. You know, right. it, that seems to be like the image for like what they're going to talk about. And mm. it's interesting mm-hmm. that, they, that th- we've had a lot of focus on you know, Hayden and, and Ewan and their return and those characters, which is so important. And I'm sure that we will, but this also seems like an opportunity to be like, and we couldn't really spill the beans about Leia. So now we're going to talk about the importance of that legacy too. Mm, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Great point. Yeah. And, and drilling in a little bit on this, this being positioned as a, as a full documentary with this, um, you know, not just Lucasfilm, but the supper club production company behind it as well. Yeah, it just it, it seems to be leaning on that, not just how they made it, but why they made it, which uh, for this particular series is, uh, is something I'm very intrigued in, in, in hearing a lot of that, uh, the, the process, not just the, yeah, it took this many years we pitched it, but just like why they felt it was important, why uh, anyone who came on board was uh, aligned with that goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the like one of the main questions I was left with uh, after watching it is look great, um, but I was like, uh, is there going to be George? <laughs> mm. You know, I did George mm. visit the set. We probably would have heard about it, but maybe not. Yeah. Will there be fresh interview footage of uh, of Mr. Lucas? I'm really intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably grabbed him as he was leaving the the ranch for the light and sound stuff. He's in keys in his hand, getting into the car. <laughs> you talking about the Obi Wan, <laughs> sir? Sir, yeah. I hope he's awesome. just talking about midi chlorians. I would love it. Oh my gosh! Yes. Indeed, indeed. So we uh, will uh, be talking about this more. It's uh, again going to drop on Disney Plus Day, the new national holiday we'll all celebrate here. Uh, September. Uh, in- can I can I ask? I want to ask you guys something about that. I'm really curious. Is that okay? Sorry, sorry for yeah, interrupting. Oh, no, please. But the whole Disney Plus Day thing. So, like, I know last year's uh, Disney Plus Day was, you know, criticized for not revealing much, having just mm-hmm. like the Twitter thread, you know, putting some of the trailers on Disney. Plus, right. which seemed to counteract the idea of trying to get more subscribers of why would you release a trailer that would make people want to buy Disney Plus and put it on Disney Plus where they can't <laughs> see it. Um, so I understand people criticized it a lot, but it was on the actual anniversary of the release of Disney Plus. It was on November 12th and now it's on September 8th. And mm. here's my question. Mm-hmm. This seems to get be getting back to the uh, which day is actually Star Wars Day, the anniversary of the release of A New Hope or the day <laughs> that the Internet created for a pun. We've all accepted, uh, you know, May the 4th is Star Wars Day and that and that's fine. But it's happening again. November 12th is an actual anniversary with history and meaning and memories attached to it. And now they're like, we moved Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Am I uh, just bonkers to be bothered by that? Or how do you how do you both feel about that? I, no, I don't. I don't think bonkers would describe you at all. There, no, it, it's it's interesting. No, not at all. Um, it's it's a combination for me. Um, and I don't. I never want to bring in the business stuff with a cynical sense because it is fascinating, and we have a lot of listeners who love the business side of of all of this. It just makes me think of: Does this set up a final quarter of the year? Like, is this mm-hmm. a final push? Is November too late in the fiscal mm-hmm. year? All the guys are like it, and I don't. Yeah. They're not saying that, but it's like. You know, that could be very cynical, but uh, I, I wonder if that and then, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I had that thought because I, I had you have the date in mind, but I, I was like, no, that wait, didn't we didn't it launch with Boba Fett? Like, you know, life moves so fast. I forget now. 2019 is another world. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not bothered per se, but uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'd love to. Yeah. It, it makes business yeah. sense that it's, you know, it's September 8th. It's leading into September 10th is going to be the big D23 uh, combined yeah, yeah. Lucasfilm and right. Marvel uh, panel. So maybe it's a good lead in to that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I liked it being the actual anniversary. How did you feel, Jennifer? Yeah, I, I'm a little confused because there's also Force Friday, which is like all about the merchandise, basically, which I believe is going to be happening on September 1st. Okay. No, that can't be right. Or maybe September 2nd. I don't even know if they're doing it, right? <laughs> so you have Force Friday, then you have Disney Plus Day, then you're going to be going right into D23 and that whole thing. And then we're going to be it's it's a lot, right? But I do think that there has to there has to be a reason why, and I'm sure it's from a business perspective. Yeah. It has to be. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. mind. Give me give me September being the month of Star Wars. I love it. Just like December, just like every day, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already I'm trying to look at I'm trying to confirm that date for you there, Jen. Can't find it. There's a lot of uh yeah. a lot of other dates for 2017 popping up on the on the old right, ones. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I'll say is uh um this is this is like that Disney side of things where like even pulling into a parking lot at a theme park becomes an event. They, they're mm. pretty good at creating the event. <laughs> even though we've talked, we've celebrated and talked before, but even the logo at the beginning, the Disney Plus logo is is just designed so wonderfully to get you excited for the content you're about to watch. And uh, even if it's, uh, you know, a, a nature documentary about rabbits, I'm like, yay, Disney, the Disney Plus thing went. Yeah, so they're good at uh, they're good at turning it all into a synergistic event, dare I say. Bob Chapman. Yep. Yes. yep. All right. Well, thank you uh, for, for letting me ask. Uh, I will celebrate quietly at home uh, actual <laughs> anniversary of November 12th because I have such fond memories of yeah. all of us waiting for the Mandalorian, waiting for the actual streaming service. It is a good day. It was mm-hmm. an absolutely good day. So, yeah. We'll, 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 maybe we'll do a uh, retro, retrospective on Force Center. <laughs> good stuff. Hey, uh, moving on to uh, this story that uh, kind of emerged uh, over the weekend and last week. Uh, Fallen Order fans rejoice. Two new books are on the way. It was announced on StarWars.com this week that we will be getting The Art of Star Wars Jedi Survivor on May 2nd, 2023. And, of course, like the other excellent art of books uh, before it, this book will include concept art, insights from the creators, and more. And then author, video game uh, developer and creative lead, and a known Canadian, Sam Mag, uh, Sam, Mag, Sam Mag, excuse me, uh, and Delray has given us Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, a story centered around Cal Kestis and the crew of the Mantis set between the events of the Fallen Order game and the forthcoming Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So thoughts on these two books overall, and then sub-question I want to ask right now, Jen, uh, maybe we should get mm-hmm. to first. Did you get to spend any quality time with Fallen Order? Here's the thing. I bought the game. I have the game. Uh, I was really motivated to play because of uh, Kenobi's episode four, I think it was, where he goes to the Fortress Inquisitorius, right? Mm -hmm. Which was based off of the gameplay from Jedi Fallen Order. So many people love Cal Kestis, his storyline. I'm intrigued. I love BD1. Uh, Night Sister Marin, I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. I have not played the game. I have been playing Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> you got to get them bells. I'm hooked on the bells and I'm hooked on going to Blathers and donating fossils. Um, so <laughs> this is, it's, I, I know I got to do it. I got to do it because I know how passionate fans are about these characters and I, and I want to be able to learn more, but that's also why I'm kind of, I'm excited about these uh, books because it gives me a chance to be able to dive into the story without mm-hmm. me having to, you know, do all the, the gaming stuff, which some, I'm just not consistent on. And also Sam Mags has been on her Twitter, like kind of teasing it and she's mm-hmm. really really excited and her enthusiasm for writing Marin and, and Cal, it's gotten me excited. Mm. Yeah, that's great. She does a lot of wonderful things, mm-hmm. many properties and, and shows and stuff uh, locally and, and uh, worldwide. So that's great stuff. Yeah. No. Okay. I was just curious. Cause I know, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know yeah. I don't, I don't hear you gaming a lot except well, animal crossing. That's, that's an investment. I, I know that one firsthand from, from years ago. Uh, so I love that's it great, so to much. great to know. Uh, Joseph, uh, you and I, uh, you know, when it t- comes to that game, I think sometimes we have a similar experience where the gameplay frustrated us uh, more than uh, normal. Uh, but also we really do love the story. So getting this kind of book would be, uh, you know, I think it's a positive thing, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, I haven't played uh, Animal Crossing, but uh, it's it's islands with animals on them. And there's a lot of islands with animals on them in Jedi Fallen Order. They're basically yeah. the same video game, right? I mean, come yeah. on. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we've discussed the animal relationships in Fallen Order uh, a lot, uh, so we'll we'll let that go. No, this is I'm really, really uh, pleasantly surprised and excited by the announcement of the novel, right? Um, yeah. Because I, I think a ton of people do love the game of Jedi Fallen Order in its totality, mm-hmm. uh, but I think even people who are like either mixed to negative on the gameplay love the story. Yeah, you know. So there's a part of me that wishes that, like, obviously the story was built to be a video game and it's emotionally impactful because you are experiencing it, you are guiding it. But 
the at the same time, part of me wishes it was you know available in a uh, artful, readable form. Obviously, you can go to Wikipedia and read it, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but point is, the, to me, Jedi Fallen Order's power is the, the story, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see that uh, being embraced and continued. Um, and right now, uh, in the existing trailer for the next video game, right, uh, Jedi Survivor. Uh, Cal does seem to be alone. So I'm curious if this is going to be an adventure of the crew, uh, mm. like they're talking about, or if this is going to explain why Cal is alone, Ooh. if it's going to be kind of a central uh, piece of canon. Mm. And, and I love what, what you're pitching there is a must-read book for a video game coming out. I mean, that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. That comes between like two that. video games, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm also curious, you know, Every once in a while with Star Wars, you can kind of get behind the scenes and you can realize that, oh, wow, different things have been in development for uh, such a long time that they kind of don't intersect. Or maybe mm-hmm. then there's a surprise that they can intersect. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, I'm very curious if this novel uh, might have anything to do with the path. Um, mm. If in their, uh, you know, development mm-hmm. uh, overlap, if there was time for this, you know, the, the path is such a great idea. I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who, who had... Um, back in Minneapolis who had watched Obi-Wan Kenobi and kind of enjoyed it. And they're like, what's that, what's that thing where the, where the Jedi get safe? What's that called? Mm. <laughs> like, right, the past. Like, so I think people were really, really taken with that mm-hmm. idea and the, in the kind of storytelling possibilities of all those names that in the wall. So I'm curious if that could possibly be a part of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And, and, and if, even if it isn't, it, it, it's still fertile ground as uh, mm-hmm. even uh, talked about on the Kenobi stuff there. I, I, I really, uh, Want to second everything you say there? You know, I sometimes go hard in on the game. I I feel sorry for Alex Damon, who just absolutely loves the game, and any chance I get, I needle him on it, which just makes me a snot nosed punk, and I definitely should stop. But uh, I'm with you. I I did love the story, and I do love the characters, and I would love uh, just a straight up adaptation of that game story. Same with Battlefront Two. Give me the Adversity story. I mean, Christy (laughs) Golden has the great book uh, leading into that, but. uh, I would I would love that that the stories are rich. Even Squadrons is very fun. I think just the story itself, even though that game kind of uh, did, did kind of come and go in a way, uh, sadly. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm excited to dive in, and then yeah, very curious about what it does to set up a video game. And I'm not saying that with cynicism at all either. Uh, I think that is a, a good idea and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think the the other thing I'm excited about it, and and we'll see. And I'm trying to speak with not spoilers for the the video game story, mm-hmm. is that that story story kind of lead ends to me with a question that is uh kind of the question of this era of time of how do you do the work of a Jedi while also hiding? <laughs> and yeah, Kenobi wrestled with that a little bit, and you know, I think Kenobi found the Jedi in his soul, right? And like I can yeah. still be a Jedi in lots of ways, um, but. I'm curious to see how much of the book is is wrestling with that of like, are they on a mission and how yeah. do they balance that with we don't want to cause trouble for ourselves or for other people. Mm. Great stuff. It's an era full with some wonderful inherent tension. I love all that there. And uh, we'll uh, dive in, of course, when the book is released. And uh, just to clarify, again, it was uh, I didn't write that down. I think it's a March release for that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the art of May 2nd, which artists, art ofs are always fun. Mm-hmm. All right, take a quick break here. But uh, before we do, we're going to give you a Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, what do we have today? We are recommending The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. We will be discussing this one uh, in a week and a half or so, two weeks. What is time? Anyway, we will be discussing <laughs> it soon and uh, look forward to that. You will have to download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook. Get a book on us and help out the show in the process. All right. Quick break on the other side. We got some indoor talk. We'll see you. Stick around here for more Four Center. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to Force Center. We are on the hollow deck of our hollow news center. No, I don't know. Holodeck's more Star Trek, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll workshop it. I'll workshop it. Uh, this is uh, Andor season, as you said. Uh, you know, we'd be we'd be ramping up. This would be like go time. We'd be like counting down the hours almost for Andor. But again, it was moved, and we have to deal with that reality. September twenty first is when the show arrives. But that just means more wonderful interviews, tidbits, pictures being released. Tony Gilroy quotes. There's so much to dive into. And I wanted to focus on this one. And there were some other things out there, uh, the structure of season two that brought up, got brought up again. That was pretty interesting. But I just, I don't know, there's something I loved about this one. Uh, so, Joseph, Jennifer, let's dive on onto it. Uh, um, more insights into Andor for a show. Again, once, once again, a month away. Little has been revealed about Kyle Soler's Andor character, which we now know his name is Cyril Karn. I like that. Uh, very Star Warsy, but also medieval and a little bit of Robotech. Uh, it's all mixed in there. Uh, we know he's an officer in the ISB or at least, you know, a corporate security, part of a corporate security entity, uh, which is part of the bigger oppressive imperial system. Uh, more has uh, been revealed on his uh, relationship with his mother, which is interesting. An image was released from Total Film showing Catherine Hunter playing Cyril's mom, uh, Edie Karn, or E-E-D-Y, I'm saying Edie, uh, we'll mm-hmm. see where it lands. Karn is a, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Catherine Hunter is a highly respected actor, having powerfully played roles such as King Lear and Richard III, you know, little roles in that little Shakespeare <laughs> place to get out there, uh, all the way up to roles in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and HBO's Rome. And a lot of people were commenting on, wow, this is a, an, an actor with some gravitas uh, that that's, uh, might be playing a you know, a, a role that's uh, not a lead and everything. And, and, and a lot of people were celebrating just that fact. And there's always great actors playing those, uh, those smaller roles, of course, but uh, this is, I don't know. Andor's just rolling out some, some, some uh, chops, some acting chops in all the roles. <laughs> anyway, Solar described their relationship and how it tied his character's views on the empire and the galaxy saying he doesn't have a father. He was raised by his mother who was sort of a stage mother from hell. He has an extreme sense of need to impress and fill a hole in himself and so that really is about ascending to the top of whatever field he's in. The field he's chosen is one of restriction and complete control and one of domination. I think we've been able to thread that through the scenes that Cyril has with his mother. So uh, we're always up for more mothers in Star Wars, but I don't know, perhaps we've met a little bit more positive spin, but this is a very realistic spin. Uh, definitely intriguing and different. So Jen, started with you here. Uh, thoughts on uh, thoughts on stage mom from hell in Star Wars? That was quite uh, a quote. I was very surprised when I saw that. Uh, Something different for Star Wars. I think that, you know, having his mother be a part of the storyline, it really means that we're going to get insight into what makes this character motivated to to join the empire what what drives him um i like that even if catherine hunter's role is small we know that she's going to give it depth she's going to make it interesting to watch um she's just so she's just such a fantastic actor um obviously we want to have you know positive relationships uh with with their maternal you know figures in star wars but we also want to have our characters be 
complicated and complex. And so, you know, not all mothers are kind. And I think that this adds something new to Star Wars. Yeah, no, well said. Absolutely well said. And and yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I'm, I'm 10% joking of like, oh, man, I thought, it was, you know, a nice, uh, healthy relationship. But this is uh, something completely different and right. makes a lot of sense. It tracks this, uh, you know, his his mom controlling him in a way and, and having uh, some uh, thoughts on his life and career choices and where he goes <laughs> and how that factors in. So, Joseph, uh, I, I'm definitely intrigued. Where, where do you look uh, at this story? Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited by a lot of this. Um, I haven't been, I've been trying not to pay attention to any of the sort of little uh, leaks. This isn't a leak. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, uh, full-fledged um, reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, it's, for me, it's just, it's fun to, to hear some names. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I always like it when an actor's real name could also be the Star Wars name. Like Cyril <laughs> Karn's a great character name, but Kyle Soler, I'd be like, oh, he's he's playing Kyle Soler. Oh, no, that's that's the human's name. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, but I really, I really love the tradition of bringing actors of the stage uh, mm. to Star Wars. It, it is a, a different challenge to act on the stage and to have that gravitas and that ability to be really like huge and project everything from yourself, but also like bring things down to this very intimate level and, mm. you know, the experience of really, really, really happy to ask all those questions about relationship and intent and all that. All that stuff uh, is great for both of these actors. Um, I, I really agree with Jennifer on the mother thing of like, yeah, I want to see so many mother stories in Star Wars so that there's room of all kinds, right? To, yeah. to mm-hmm. portray, uh, the role of a mother in all of its aspects. Right. Um, right. and so this idea of this mother being someone who helps shape, uh, this guy that, that is, that is a truth. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and some of us have great mothers. Some of us have, uh, not great mothers. Some of us have mothers who have gone to both extremes in their existence. So, <laughs> you know, I think we can all see, be, feel seen, uh, in it when there's mm-hmm. more, uh, variations of, of what a mother is. And I think since there seems to be a real awareness of generational trauma in mm-hmm. Andor, there's a, mm-hmm. I'm like curious of like, is some of her attitude coming from, you know, the Clone Wars? Did she suffer in the right. Clone Wars? How much of a generational tale is this? Uh, obviously, I think we're being introduced to her character in, in how she is impacting the character we're probably going to spend more time with of uh, Cyril Karn. Uh, but there's still room for that hint of like, where did this uh, come from? Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love everything that uh, that Kyle Soler is saying about who this character is because to me it's it's kind of confirmation of a thing we were talking about last week that Andor is diving deep to show the real everyday people who are caught up in this war and that means like Andor the people of the rebellion but then also the real people of the empire right this mm-hmm. uh, it's so great that Cyril Karn sounds like you know he's going to be one of the villains of the piece so he is a person making a bad choice and he is a person who has invested in a destructive philosophy but we're still going to see he's a person, right? Yeah. Uh, in that, that doesn't excuse the bad choices, mm-hmm. but I think it helps us b- better reflect on how does it happen in real life when people make bad choices. Mm-hmm. Right there is the big value of it for me, right? It's not just simply, uh, and we've heard this, and I, I, I get where it comes from, but I, you know, we've heard it in, in kind of Star Wars discussion of oh, you know showing the, the imperial side of things, and it's like that's a, that's a slippery slope, a razor's edge at best. <laughs> Uh, of justifying some horrible things, but it, it kind of tracks what we're uh, getting into on this show. I really agree with you there on on the value and, and the why behind it, how how you can get there, how this can happen, and and we'll see what happens with Solar's character, Cyril Karn. Uh, and now you're right. I'm now I'm I'm confused. Sol- Solar Karn, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Cyril, um, it's there. And and Solar went on to praise Tony Gilroy. Tony wrote this incredible tapestry of life. It's really Dickensian in its scope and its achievement. I'm only, of course, speaking from Cyril's trajectory, but he then brings it down to incredibly personal, incredibly small domestic domesticity and also almost turn into a, a Harold Pinter play. And it's nothing I, I've uh, sort of seen in a Star Wars movie, movie before, the combination of the action and mystery and intrigue. And then you have these incredibly unique personal stories coming through. Uh, so other than apparently Tony Gilroy worked on the show alone, based on all <laughs> these quotes there, uh, half joking, uh, what do we take out of these comments and, and, and that tied into the overall com- conversation? Um, and also, the, you know, there's a vast amount of comments from the people inside, including the cast, promising something very different in star Wars, which we're getting and it, but it's a different in, in how the characters are 
experiencing the story in this journey there. Jen, any thoughts on uh, the Gilroy of it all again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very exciting because if I remember correctly, playwright um, Harold Pinter, he was known for silence and a lot of pauses. And in that that image that we see of these two characters, the um, uh, Kyle Soler and his mother, Catherine Hunter, I can't remember their character, Cyril, Cyril Carnes, that's right, Edie Carnes. Sorry, I ruined it all. No, 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 I, I'm going to get it. Um, but when we see these two characters sitting at this table together, it just, it looks intense. There is something going on. Neither one is speaking. They're just sitting there in silence. And I think that that is going to be Ooh, really, there's going to be a lot of pregnant pauses and and things happening in those quieter moments, which is kind of different for Star Wars. I also am interested when when Kyle says that it's it's Dickensian, Mm. because to me, I immediately got what Tony Gilroy is trying to do, I think. You know, Dickensian usually refers to a story about poverty-stricken characters. The people in power are often cruel and heartless. There are clear clear themes of morality that happen um, throughout the story. Uh, so that to me is like, oh, this is how he's going to use all these characters and all these communities, because there are a lot of characters, as he's talked about. Um, and he's also mentioned, Tony Gilroy has also mentioned that Andor has an acoustic nature within the grandeur of Star Wars. Mm. So I think he really is trying to let all of us know, hey, guys, this is going to be a more intimate look in Star Wars. Yes, there'll be action, you know, it, there'll be a lot of, of you know fight sequences, I'm sure, and things happening, but it is going to be in these quieter moments that we're going to get some really big revelations, I think. This, so what you're saying is, it's like in an, in an Oasis concert in the early 2000s when Noel Gallag- Gallagher would bring out the acoustic guitar and do Live Forever <laughs> on a stool. Is, is that what you're saying, Jen? That's that exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, when you said acoustic nature, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> More than words. One of the favorites of mine. <laughs> I hope it actually begins with Tony Gilroy saying, we're going to bring it down a little bit. Putting his leg up on a stool. And yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Here's a here's Wonderwall. Yes. Right. <laughs> but acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> All acoustic. Uh, Joseph, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on this as well. I'm getting distracted by music talk. Oh yeah, no. As you should, your your DJ blood is pumping. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, programming an acoustic set to mm-hmm. absolutely compliment uh, Andor. Yeah, no. There's so many uh, great thoughts in this quote, uh, in uh, the way you you frame this, Ken. I think you know it's really interesting to me the the Tony Gilroy of it all. You know, it, mm-hmm. clearly it started with uh, Stephen Schiff, who uh, was yeah. a writer producer on The Americans, which I love mm-hmm. The Americans. I was so thrilled. That that's where this started from because I thought that was the promise of we learn in Rogue One. Cassian Andor is a he's a rebel spy. He's espionage. What all does that mean? That's different than Han Solo going ah what the hell and charging. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was always ex- start, excited that it started from him. It started from this clear connection to the Americans. But obviously, uh, Tony Gilroy uh, took the ball and ran. And mm. I think I generally take that as. Um, pretty artistically true if the actors are saying it because like that's that's yeah. the person who who truly guided them even though there are other directors right and other writers yeah. the fact that the actors are really saying tony gilroy uh is interesting to me and and i think from a publicity standpoint it, it is an interesting trend uh for lucasfilm as a company to to really center one creator right um mm-hmm. yeah tony yeah. gilroy is being centered as the showrunner with andor uh, Deborah Chow as the director is being centered with Obi-Wan. So I think there is a little bit of publicity to this of who is the face, who is the creative yep. face of this show. And, and I'm sure nine times out of 10, that aligns with the truth of like, who was the sort of final creative voice and, and arbiter of a project. Uh, yeah. But that's just kind of fascinating to me um, mm-hmm. on the, on the creative side. Mm-hmm. But yeah. With, yeah. 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 Go, go, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, yeah. Sometimes I like, I, I poke that bear a little bit because it's like, yeah, I just, I, you know, say, but like Filoni, give, don't forget Henry Gilroy setting up the Clone Wars. And it's just art. I think, I think as uh, all three of us here are creative. So sometimes you, you have that feeling of, hey, I was in that room too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always want to be there for the other voices, right? Who maybe don't yeah. get uh, celebrated as much. Uh, I love Twin Peaks and David Lynch is probably my favorite director, but hey, Mark Frost was there too. Mm. <laughs> Co created the show. Uh, and a lot of things that people love are like, uh, you know, Lynch did a great job. And like you read the history, it's like, that was Mark Frost. Yeah. So I'm totally, totally with you uh, yeah. on wanting to give all credit where it's due. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, getting back to the the quote in Jennifer, your your great breakdown of Pinter and, and Dickens, yeah. I'm really struck by the the Keynesian comment because mm-hmm. you know the the uh, the Dickens that I've read and watched adaptations of it, it so ties to a lot of great Star Wars themes. Uh, that I think are really being highlighted in Andor of, you know, it's generational, right? Um, you, you never just meet a character in uh, Dickens. The, you, you go with the individual and that that person and their choices is what makes it human. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt in Dickens stories uh, that the individual is impacted by the failings of society. You know, right. <laughs> you don't just meet these characters and go like, Oh yeah, well that that's just their thing. It's like no, they're in this situation because of society. So that's mm-hmm. so Andor. Um, I think a lot of Dickens is a, is about the gulf between people that is created by class. Mm-hmm. You know, Great Expectations in particular is a story of kind of you know romance divided by class that shows us that you know humans are humans regardless of how much money or power they have and i think in some ways that's that's the most intriguing part to me because if this stage mom from hell story is she is somebody who didn't have power and she is going to get it through Mm. her son Mm. she is going to make herself a new class within this new uh you know galactic order through her son come hell or high water the same way like you know bad stage parents will be like i'm gonna make my child famous so i can have the power that I felt feel I was owed. And right. that's so Dickensian to me. Mm. Right. Mm. Great stuff. You, you both are getting me more excited for Andor and it's already top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> no, and great insight on, on the Dickensian stuff, the, the, the Pinter stuff. And it just makes me think too, you know, speaking of people in the room and a lot of people asking him, you know, Hey, Gareth Edwards, where's he, uh, you know, don't forget his part in Rogue One and him, Gary Whitta, Chris White's a lot of people set that up, but Gilroy comes in and, and does a lot more work than I think was even uh, publicized uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, think of some of the stuff, the space between, uh, think of that third act as crazy as it is. There are some really quiet, intimate character moments, mm-hmm. uh, even some yeah. of the big ends and to and have, um, one of the complaints in Rogue One is so, you know, loved and should be and celebrated but one of the complaints even we i kind of discussed it uh, myself just like i don't know a little bit more time in the second act it moves fast i would love to see another character beat or two with everyone right that, that kind of had been uh, emerged as one of the talking points back in the day still could be there and now here's tony Gilroy going yeah yeah, yeah great idea yep absolutely i'm with you i got 10 <laughs> 12 episodes i got hours to take all the time in the world that <laughs> just makes me excited as a star wars fan yeah yeah no, I still agree. That's that's my kind of personal caveat with Rogue One is I think uh, that wonderful third act would hit even harder if we had just a little bit more intimate time with the characters yeah. uh, in the second act. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled, Ken, to your question about, you know, this promise of something very different with Andor. I'm really thrilled uh, that it's going to have the room and the structure. It's a television show. It's not a movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a little bit longer. It's a television show so i'm really thrilled that it's going to be something different and it's going to be able to go in depth on people and themes but i really i really hope that if people enjoy the specific themes that are being drawn out by andor that they will look for them in the rest of star wars because they're they're there right they're there yep Yep. love it love it And, and you're also making me think of one of my favorite scenes in any movie Great expectations, Ethan Hawke, one of the Robert De Niro, oh. and Chris Cooper being kicked out of the art show and uh, watching from the street as a higher class of people get to enjoy uh, his uh, uh, sort of adopted son's work. Love that moment. Love that movie. Love that story. It goes beyond the 1998 uh, Alfonso Cuaron uh, version of that movie. Uh, but uh, you guys made me think of that. I love that movie. Big fan of it. So uh, great stuff. Great work. Jen, any final thoughts before we uh, move on? No, no, I'm, I'm just, I cannot wait. I feel like I'm learning so much and I'm to the point now where I'm like, I don't even know if this is a spoiler. I just want to know as much as I can going into it because I think I'm going to be wonderfully overwhelmed by everything that's (laughs) happening. So I want to have a little bit of uh, Cliff's Cliff's notes (laughs) on who the characters are and kind of what, maybe what their motivations are before going into it. So not, not totally on Reddit spoiler threads, but (laughs) I'm okay with just a little bit, a little taste of some spoilers. 
There you go. There you go. I agree with you. When you follow the styles, the the Dickens, the Pinters, but also you dive into what's behind that, like you both did so wonderfully here, it kind of gets you set up for what is coming down the line, Uh, as well as, I'm sure, some pew, pew, pew action, which I love as well. Before we get out of here today, we are going to do what we always do. We're going to take a look at Star Wars history. This week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past, and (laughs) this is an important one. On August 26, 1997, Lucasfilm and 20th Century Home Entertainment gave the world the Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition on VHS. That's right, VHS, complete with a gold gold box, or I believe it was a silver for the widescreen edition, uh, to help commemorate the 20th anniversary of A New Hope. And uh, it was adorned with the now famous, but uh, at uh, that point, a brand new Drew Struzan covers. Uh, They were a must-have item for fans, or were they? So I'll ask both of you, did we have them all? Did you buy them? Did you run out to, uh, you know, uh, uh, a warehouse or a Suncoast <laughs> video and get them on the day off, Joseph? Uh, I don't remember buying it. I don't remember the actual day I bought it. It was probably at a Target, but I bought the hell out of that widescreen silver edition. That's yeah. it's kind of like a big moment in my Star Wars fandom and in my Star mm-hmm. Wars watching. Um yeah I, yeah, I will pause there for the rest of your thoughts. But yes, yeah, big thumbs up to that silver box. I'm staring at it right now, you know, yeah. and I remember having to convince an aunt, nope, the widescreen is better. You actually see more. <laughs> it was a big debate in the 90s. Uh, Chad, did you race out? What was your regional uh, store of choice? When you said Suncoast, that <laughs> took me back. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, you know, I don't even remember where I got it, but somehow yeah. I had two maybe even three copies. We had the gold box. We had this, the silver. Um, yeah. And it just was, and I still have it somewhere now. Now I want to find it because that was a huge momentous thing. And I mean, that was during the time when there was not much star Wars happening. So it was just such an exciting, thrilling moment to get that box in my hands. Look, it's so funny. I, I thought of Oasis earlier. This was a big week for me. On August 21st, Oasis <laughs> released Be Here Now, their third album, their cocaine-fueled nine-minute songs album. And then this five, six days later, it was a lot of trips for me. It was Circuit City. That's where Ooh, I go get my media. Yes. Maybe a, uh, I don't even think Best Buy. I think it was Circuit City, Santa Maria, mm-hmm. California. Oh my gosh. So it was a big week. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I was out there waiting, um, but I, I raced to get it uh, and definitely no questions. And that was one of the things I, I think I know the answer for us, but I don't, was there any trepidation based off any negative feelings you might've had about the special editions? Was, was some Han shot first lingering? Was this the first kind of challenge to your fandom? Not, 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 not Han shot first or anything on the special editions, but I'm just going to buy it because it's simply Star Wars, no matter what I, I, I think about it there. Joseph, any thoughts on that Target in Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure I, I did have a Suncoast option and a Sam Goody option, but yeah. at Sam this Goody. point in time, I was yeah driving my, my Ford Fairmount around uh, hunting for uh, Power of the Force 2 action figures, so I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I spotted it and saved up. Um, yeah, no, there I don't remember any reservation. Like, yeah. I had... The, I didn't have the box set. I bought them one at a time. I had the pan and scan VHS of, mm-hmm. you know, the original trilogy. And I watched those a lot, but, you know, they, they were starting to get real fuzzy. And I had mm-hmm. now understood that I was literally not seeing the entire film <laughs> right. Right. and like missing some things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I was ju- it wasn't about the special editions. It was here is the opportunity to buy the cool box set of all of them together in widescreen so I can see it all uh, at that time. You know, the absolute height of quality of sound and picture on these yeah. widescreen VHS. It was about having nice Star Wars at home. Mm-hmm. And I watched these a ton. And I think that the. uh the special edition of it was like a bonus because yeah, I, I saw those films in the theater. I think maybe I saw one of them twice uh, mm-hmm. and then debated it, but it was a real chance to like, uh, let's look at it again. Let's see if I'm okay with this change. Uh, hey, I want to see the Wampa again, all mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But my biggest memory is, I know I've mentioned this recently when we're talking about light and magic, but uh, those were the VHSs that had the little uh, teaser at the beginning about kind of how they did some of the CGI and right. the special effects for the special editions. And there's that 
quote from Dennis Muren saying, yeah, it was good training for the, uh, the, uh, the prequels. <laughs> and I would get excited every time. So this box set was also like, this was yeah. the on-ramp. This is the acceleration ramp to new Star Wars. Mm. The big, great stuff. The big thing that just got me excited is, yeah, and I think it's still the vibe for a lot of, especially Force-centered friends and, and listeners here. It's just, it, there wasn't any of that. It was just, oh, yeah, it's Star Wars. And not in a blind way, just like, yeah, yeah, there's some stuff in it. But yeah, I, you know, I'm here for it. I, I'm on the I'm on the Star Wars train and I ain't jumping off. And there's something just uh, I love. I love that energy. So I'm right there with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that when you say, did, did I have any trepidation about buying it? Because I did not like some of the changes. Lefty neck. We've talked about, you no. know, the, uh, victory celebration, all those things. I really was upset in the movie theater when I saw <laughs> the special editions. I really was. Mm-hmm. But the, it never crossed my mind that I would not buy this box set because mm-hmm. my old VHSs look, they look terrible. Like you're saying, they look fuzzy by that point. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, this is, this is a way Star Wars is meant to be viewed on VHS, <laughs> the highest quality. Um, yeah. and, and just like Star Wars had always brought me so much joy. And yeah, so what? I didn't like some of these things, but I, I could never imagine not having that in my collection and just being able to watch it whenever I wanted. Just, it's so funny to think that somebody would, you know, would say, no, I'm not going to buy that. It's like, no, Star Wars was always joy for me. Even, you know, like any relationship, there's certain things that you don't like, but you know, overall, I love that person. I love you, Star Wars. (laughs) Uh, I love you. I love you, Star Wars. I love you indeed. Uh, great stuff. Love it. Uh, memories. Very important. Very important. I can't believe this is what, 25 years ago. Get out of here with that. Oh my gosh. That guy saw a couple of articles of be here now, 25 years later. I was like, F you. No, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> not true at all. Uh, there you go. That is our look at Star Wars news. Look at Star Wars history, man. Uh, excited for what's coming down the line with Andor, but also behind the scenes, a documentary about Kenobi and a great uh, book or two on the way. Thank you everyone for listening. We are the Force Center podcast feed. We're on Twitter at Force Center pod on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, we do have a live Q&A coming up very soon and I have had my calendars off, but I think it's this Friday, right, Joseph? It is indeed <laughs> this Friday uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's right. So go to the YouTube channel for that. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you get into our Discord. I uh, want to uh, let you know you can follow me at Catnapsock or go to catnapsock.com for more. And I uh, want to let you know here we always uh, do like to put out some uh, charity information or things and causes we want to support. Do you want to make, I'll make you aware of the 2022 Potathon. This is the third annual all day marathon live stream benefiting Make a Wish America. It's going to take place on Sunday, September 17, 2022. Uh, we were guests last year. Uh, we are, uh, not this year due to schedule thing, but there's, they don't need us. There's so many wonderful folks coming down. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, Seth Green, uh, more on the way. I don't want to step on any surprises that haven't been announced. Um, it is uh, put on, uh, by, uh, Pete Fletzer, Scotty, uh, Gyro of, uh, Bomb Bad Podcast and a lot of people, wonderful people, 15 podcasts. Alex and Molly got a special uh, show coming too as well. I was talking to them this weekend about it. So I want to let you know mm-hmm. all about that. Uh, Potathon 2022 is on the way. Uh, Jennifer, where can they find you? I'm excited for that. Um, you can find me at TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Jennifer Landa, and my YouTube, which I'm starting to ramp up again at Jennifer Landa, putting all my Star Wars videos, content, shorts, whatever. <laughs> what do you call it? Reels? Eh. Uh, <laughs> it'll be up on there. Wonderful, wonderful. Joseph, other than, uh, you know, going up and down the aisles of a Sam Goody and a Target, where can they find it? <laughs> Still a Target. If I find a Sam Goody, I'll go up and down those aisles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshot.com for all of my other comedy adventures. Uh, I did recently make a short film. Uh, it is a cosmic horror uh, darkly funny, uh, but also a little bit horrible. Uh, cosmic horror short film uh, inspired by the works of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and all sorts of other uh, cosmic horror genre writers. And that short film premiered this weekend in Rhode Island, Providence. 
at a convention called the Necronomicon. Uh, I wasn't able to make it out there because it was last minute that it was uh, premiering there. Uh, but I did hear back from some people that they enjoyed it. So at least three to four people enjoyed my <laughs> short film and they let me know, which was wonderful. Thank you very much. But I bring it up uh, because it is going to be playing again at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival and Cthulhu Con in Portland, Oregon. Uh, on the weekend of October 7th through 9th. And the plan right now is for me to be in Portland. So if you have any listeners uh, in Portland, I wanted to let you know that I'll probably be making a visit then. Uh, Final thing for me is I want to continue to plug uh, the Great Service Vote Forward, where you can write letters to other voters, encouraging them to use your power and their power. Use all the power. Use the voting power. If you're interested in that, you can go to the website at votefwd.org. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Good stuff indeed. Uh, go out and uh, meet Joseph in Portland. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling everyone to meet him. There. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do that. Uh, yeah, there you go, everyone. That's it. That's the show. We'll see you next time. This was Foresight.